Hello, welcome back, everybody, to Philosopher's Stone Podcast. Woo. It is I, the Kraken, the, the, the mystical being that lives under the ocean, and he is a decrepit raccoon carcass on the side of the road. Welcome back, <laughs> Sam Laboon. How are you? Okay, hold on. You're, so you're a squid and I'm a dead raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't come up with anything. I looked up at the walls and the first art I had on the walls was of a giant octopus and a dead rodent. So, <laughs> You need new artwork. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of did like a little Kaiser Sose thing there. You know, usual suspects where I oh, came up with yeah, the thing yeah. based on what was on the wall. Very nice. clever of me. I know. Mm-hmm. So, Sam... You've refused to come do this podcast in person. I can only assume that you only like me in audio version, which I've been told before. <laughs> that people like my voice, but they do not like my actual presence. Is that true? Uh, what is truth, really, when you get down to it? Oh, right. I forgot. I forgot who I'm dealing with here. That's the not man what we're has talking about. Two philosophy degrees. Two <laughs> philosophy degrees, and he just uh, he can't seem to shut up about either of them. Uh, uh, thank, I am thank doing God the podcast. Truth. <laughs> I'm uh what's going on, Sam? How have you been enjoying your time in Kelowna? Beautiful Kelowna, British Columbia, where we uh well originally we both resided, and now Sam has left Blue the Coop, the big big shit A. The big, the big shitty, yeah. Um, the big shitty. <laughs> well, it's it's nice to see everybody, but uh, I have to say, I've been here for ten days, and the sun has yet to pierce the the veil over this valley. Yeah, it's getting it's getting quite depressing out there, especially now that the like, holidays are over, and like there's really no reason to be excited about uh, the winter season at all anymore. It's just depression. And 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 bone biting coldness until about May from now on, with nothing really to look forward to. Yeah, like what are we looking forward to? Maybe at Easter we'll get vaccines. Maybe that'll be like the big party. Oh, yeah, I'd love a vaccine right now. <laughs> I mean, uh, usually you still have New Year's Eve to you still have two, New Year's Eve to look forward to at this point, but there's nothing really anyone can do because of all the restrictions. We yeah. were lucky enough to get a whole banquet room at a at our local bar to watch a hockey game. We had, I think, eight of us, and we were all in there on our own. We were able to keep our social distance, and uh, that was the first time I've hung out with my friends in like a month and a half, at least. Yeah, that was fun. Um, that was, yeah. I was, I think, I was hungover for about thirty six hours after that yeah but. me too man <laughs> i like yesterday was a complete write-off and i don't even feel like i drank that much no but i guess we drank more than we thought but whatever that's one one in the tank <laughs> uh i'm recording this uh in my living room today so i got my little cat running around he may he may cause an interruption or two so we'll just be aware of that he's oh, been no. attacking me quite often Thomas. i uh <laughs> Me and Chell's got a uh, a uh, cast iron pan, a brand new cast iron pan, heavy duty for Christmas from her parents. Wow! So today I went out and I spent fifty bucks on steaks. Whoa! And that I got two steaks for forty bucks. Like they're big, high quality steaks, way more than I wanted to pay. But by the time they had them wrapped up and brought to the register, I couldn't <laughs> rightfully be like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> Could have oh, been paying some bills with this. <laughs> so I got two uh, two um, ribeye steaks, big ass ribeye steaks, and Ooh. one duck breast. Whoa! So I figure we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna initiate this cast iron pan by making the duck breast in there, so you get that duck fat permeating the fresh. <laughs> it's pre seasoned apparently, but you know you got to get that first. Real season on it, and then mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna do a uh, butter basted ribeye in there. Oh, some roasted potatoes. I'm pretty fucking stoked about it. Wow, that sounds amazing. Yeah, absolutely delicious. It's a very expensive meal, <laughs> like <laughs> ridiculous. But it's the first time with the cast iron in the new place. We gotta we gotta go balls to the walls here, oh, right? Man. Yeah, Thomas is and gonna if lose my kitten's his mind. Nice. <laughs> if he behaves himself, he might get a little piece of duck breast in his bowl. Whoa. 
Wow. Yeah. Lucky Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiled. He got a new cat house today. He's been chilling in it. Oh, no way. Loves it. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Cat so house. Do you? you know, what, anything? Cat, cat house is a euphemism for uh, a... For br- what? A brothel. What? Really? Yeah. Well, he certainly hangs around it a lot like he would a brothel. That's for sure. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Once he's in there, he uh, really gets in there. He's hard to get out. Spends all his money. I guess in many ways, it is quite brothel-like in there for him. (laughs) Um. What do we? You got anything? Uh, anything happening in your life? I got to go to work tomorrow for like two hours. I don't know why I agreed to that. Interrupting <laughs> my entire holidays. Entire your entire flow is thrown off. I know, but I've been sleeping until like eleven thirty. So I'm like, okay, fine, I'll do one. Okay, yeah. Little shift in the morning, get get a little extra chaos. But oh yeah, it really sucks having to like get up, get ready for work, get in the work van, drive there, do all that for less than like a full day's work. Really, I mean. Yeah, for just like... But it is what it is. Then you can go home and play video games guilt-free. Yeah, I mean, at least it'll get me out of bed before noon. And (laughs) it helps my boss out. So it just, did. you know... I have nothing else going on. Yeah. Are you going to Zach's tomorrow? Our friend Zach got a new dog that has full-blown eyebrows. It's pretty crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I need to... uh, I talked to him yesterday. I can't remember if we agreed to Wednesday or Thursday. So I'm going to text him back. Figure that out. I uh, tomorrow's Wednesday, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I'd like to come with you because I've been telling him I was going to meet up with him for like the last three days, and I just never have. Okay. He's going to pick me up. So. And, okay. Well, I'll meet you guys there. I don't know. We'll come do it when we come to it. What are we talking about today on the Philosopher's Stone? Oh, spoiler alert: we do have a, a listener's email. Oh, today God. to read. Really. Wow, okay, let's, yeah. let's do that. And the, the special thing about this is that we know the listener in person, and he told me, you better read my email on the podcast. Oh, my so, God. It's going to be some obs- sure obscure thing. Um, no, I don't know. He kind of gave me a hint of two of what it's about, but uh, what it, we just got to remember to read that before the end of the episode, or else he's going to, I mean, yeah. you know, when, you have a, when you have a podcast this intimate, it... it your your listeners can really actually find you and punch you in the face. So it's uh, you know, yeah, we one are those things. We're we're a very close knit group here at the uh, TPS podcast. And our email TPS podcast four twenty at gmail. So uh, looking awfully slim. Let me check it. I'm just gonna open it up right now and see if we got anything other than that one. I guess our listenership has kind of kind of peaked. Hey. Oh, no, I would hardly say peaked. We are still rising as far as I'm concerned. Really? Okay, we do have just the one email and we keep getting another email from the Pitmaster Club. So I'm just going to go ahead and select <laughs> that and mark it as spam because I don't even own a barbecue. Not yet. Not yet. But once this <laughs> podcast takes off, I'm thinking of making an entire room into a smoker. <laughs> All right, chamber. so what are we talking uh, about? Listeners, I don't know if we have, should we explain what this podcast is aiming to hit, or do we just let no. people figure it out? Yeah, they can figure okay. it out. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, what are we going to talk about today? What's the lesson you have for me? Well, um, I thought it would be fitting close out 2020, a year everybody hated. Let's talk about evil. Evil. Well. I have a kitten that seems to get possessed by an actual demon about three times a day. So he he does this thing where he arcs his back and puts his ears back and then he hops back and forth sideways. He like strafes. It's actually terrifying. (laughs) That's what he does right before he attacks. It's it's really is terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's a he's a feisty little guy, but. He is, but I, I wonder. Like, it's not. It's not surprising to me that cats are like linked with witchcraft because of mm-hmm. some of the shit this guy does is like, whoa, mm. not Indeed. cool, man. Yeah. So, what are we talking about? Evil. Well, we're going to be talking about uh, the concept of evil. Specifically, okay. we're going to be talking about the debate between the two camps because there's always two camps. The one camp, they're called the evil revivalists. They want to bring evil back. Not literally, but as a concept. 
And okay. <laughs> they're not like the Death Eaters or anything. And we're um, gonna bring in, we're bringing evil back. <laughs> yeah. We're making it sexy this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they're called the Evil Revival. We need to get uh, Justin Timberlake on the on the job because he seems to be the best at bringing uh, old concepts back into the forefront, like he did with Sexy. Then I can do with Evil. Peter Jackson can make the movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then um, and then the other camp are the evil skeptics who think evil is not a not a concept that we can really use. So might as well stop talking about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, it sounds pretty stupid to me, but I'm willing to hear their argument. Okay, so what do you what do you think about uh, before we get into it? What would you think about evil? What's your concept of evil? I think uh, okay. Here's the thing: is evil is it something that is a, a, is it a is it a trait of a person or is it uh, a conglomerate of happenstances converging? into like a really negative situation. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. Like is is there people out there that are their goal when they wake up is to do evil? Uh, <laughs> and I don't like I think that's probably pretty rare. I think evil is something that uh it comes about due to circumstance and chance more than uh someone actively trying to produce it in the world. You know what I mean? Interesting. Like a roommate who pees on the toilet seat and then you sit in it. Okay. (laughs) I don't think that would deserve the (laughs) moniker of evil, but sure. (laughs) Okay. Well, I think, yeah, you actually... uh, I'm talking like... I just think that I don't... I don't believe that there's many people on the planet that are going about their lives with the intent to do harm uh, without some sort of uh, righteous justification that they've mm. conjured up in their own mind. So you would say like um, an evil act, it has to be something that's done just because it's going to like cause harm and someone will enjoy that. I don't think it has to, but I think that's way more rare. I think that when mm. what you would... What you things that you would label as evil are probably not. Uh, they weren't initially conceived to become evil. I would say it like that. Like, oh, okay. let's go throw out the classic, the classic, uh, the classic Nazi. You know, the classic Nazi comparison or metaphor that always gets used because, mm. according to most people, that's the most evil organization that's ever happened historically, although that's highly debated, I'm sure. Girl Scouts. Uh, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, (laughs) Catholic Church. Catholic (laughs) Church actually might be... (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) It could easily be considered way more evil than the Nazis were. Uh, But people get a little... A little... Yikes about that type of thing. Um, (laughs) Because, as we all know, the Nazis lost and the Catholics did not lose, so uh, they get to decide if they're evil or not. But uh, back to the Nazi example, uh, I don't think Hitler was, you know, I don't think he woke up one morning and was like, I'm going to kill all the fucking Jews. Really? (laughs) That's exactly how I think it happened. (laughs) (laughs) I think that things happened to him. He he bought into propaganda. He was surrounded by people that motivated him to do stuff. It, it was like, it wasn't like it, it, it was the, the, the Holocaust was a, like a, um, what's the, the, uh, the climax of a bunch of other things coming mm-hmm. together, but not, not like it was the end goal from the get go. Right. It's not like he sure. planned on that to be well, his end goal from the beginning. I don't know. To, that's that's like a matter of fact debate that I don't know if we could really, if we could. Really that's settle. true. That's true. No, yeah. I, he maybe he did. Maybe he he was in his art room and he drew a fucking gas chamber and and it sparked the idea and he thought it was evil enough. I don't know. But I, I guess, I guess what my point is is that 
it's very rare for someone to just like plan on being evil from the jump. Like mm-hmm. it's usually a, a, a like a buildup of events and scenarios that happen that end up in like a very evil, <laughs> if you can use that word, <laughs> scenario unfolding. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's that's very what that's very interesting. Maybe a better maybe a better uh, example would be like terrorists. They literally believe that God wants them to do it. Mm-hmm. It's evil, but it's not in their in their minds. It's not evil. So I don't know. Okay, that's interesting. Right, as you can see, I'm I, well. <laughs> I'm as as per usual. I like to start off by going way, way out into the middle of the ocean where I have no idea what I'm talking about and yeah. uh, just spewing it. I'm out of my depth as usual. What you are the kraken, that's though. Essentially. I am the Kraken, so that's kind of where I live. I live, I live, <laughs> you live out of way my down deep in the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Again, as someone who's put zero thought into the concept of evil over any sort of amount of time, this is my first thoughts coming into my brain. And now you can tell me what uh, what someone with a little bit more, I guess, mental energy that's been put towards it can <laughs> teach me about it. All right. Well. Um, if anyone wants to follow along with this, uh, most of this is from the uh, Plato Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy entry on evil. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. So let's. I'll start with the evil skeptics first. Let's just start with what they've said, and that can help us understand. So. Okay. Would I fit into that camp with what I just said, or would I be more of the other camp? Um, well, well, I'll find out right now. Yeah. I'm gonna just stop talking and let <laughs> you fucking teach me shit. Okay. So there are three um there are three main reasons people are skeptical about evil. The first one is that evil only makes sense in the context of supernatural entities like the devil and things like that. So if you right. are skeptical about supernatural entities, then you're going to be skeptical about evil. So that's that's just the first one. Second reason is yeah. they think evil is an explanatorily useless concept. So what I mean by okay. that is um, evil would be a useful concept if it, if it could explain why people do certain things. So suppose, uh, so there's that guy in Kelowna who has that crazy Instagram account we looked at and who people think is like torturing all these cats. So yeah, yeah. dude, he's doing some bad stuff. <laughs> he's, like He's doing bad stuff. We, we know for a fact he filmed himself torturing and killing hamsters on camera. And mm-hmm. based on his artwork, he fantasizes constantly about doing that to humans. Yeah. So if evil was a useful concept, um, it could explain why people do certain things. So suppose we're wondering, yeah. why is he torturing all those cats? If evil was a useful concept, it would be a helpful, it would like resolve the question to say, oh, well, he tortured all those cats because he's evil. Or maybe the answer would be he tortured all the cats because the cats were evil. We don't know. But the point is... Okay, yeah. I'm actually starting to lean towards... (laughs) The cats are evil? Starting to lean towards that as being the truth. No, he's a nice little boy. Yeah, Thomas. Aren't you, buddy? Right, so, um, but the evil evil skeptics say like, okay, like just because if you say, oh, the boy tortured all those cats because he is evil, we're essentially just saying that the boy and his actions are a mystery. They're incomprehensible. We just can't understand how someone could do something so vile. So we call it evil. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be you're treating evil as like almost a scientific term as like an affliction. Right? Yeah. It's something that we just don't understand. Like mm-hmm. I can't, I can't understand what would like how someone would do this. So I'm just, I'm going to call it evil. But that's not really yeah. that's not really explaining why they did it. It's sort of just dismissing it as impossible to explain. So yeah. that's the that's the second reason people are skeptical. The third one mm-hmm. isn't it doesn't deny that things are evil, but rather it says that evil is a dangerous concept because it provides a justification for causing great harm. So, right. consider uh, instead like, of like figuring it, figuring out why something happened, you just label it as an, an evil. Evil happened, yeah, and that there's no way to like fix it. Essentially, yeah, exactly. Ex- yeah, there's no way to fix it. If something is evil, it's it's going to stay evil, and in order to deal with it, 
you have to destroy it, imprison it, or somehow banish it from the community. Otherwise, it's going to yeah. continue to inflict evil on everybody around it. So therefore, to label yeah, it, someone as evil is to basically say, like, we have a license to kill them, imprison yeah. them, cast them out. Labeling someone as evil puts them, like, beyond redemption at that point. Like, there's no way that they could ever not be evil. Yeah, exactly. So um, classic example would be witch hunts, right? So innocent mm-hmm. people tortured, brutally executed, often with no evidence because they were deemed to be evil in the sense that they were in league with the devil and like eating babies and having sex before marriage and things like that. <laughs> I love how you put those right next to each other. <laughs> the scale of evil. <laughs> yeah, Eating babies is just as evil as premarital sex. <laughs> Probably at some points in time it was looked at like that. Yeah. The I mean, yeah, thing, yeah. man. That that's gnarly. Like I did I tell you I spent a night at uh, or not a night. I uh I I what's the more accurate way? But I I took a nap at a house in Salem's End at Salem's End one time in Massachusetts. Oh, really? Well, I don't Massive know. Massive two tits as you, as we've been calling it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, good old Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I think my family had just moved over there. And when we arrived, the first place we went after the plane was this house in Salem's End. And I took a nap in this old ass house. Mm. I didn't even really learn about Salem's End until after. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, could have been, could have been sleeping Man. where someone burnt to death. Yeah, you could have been possessed for, or something for writing, for writing with their left hand or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Giving birth to twins or something. Yes. Anything out of the ordinary. You get you get born with a lazy eye and you burn to death. That's the worst. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If you don't, what was the test? Like you have to float or something. If you don't float, you're a witch or I don't know. Yeah. Something the ridiculous. Tests are so dumb. Yeah. It's like if I get shot in the head, if we shoot you in the head with an arrow and you die, you're innocent. <laughs> yeah. Okay, something cool, like that. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. <laughs> They're all set up in ways where they get to kill the person no matter what. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much like they just beat you to a pulp and then if you're like yeah. still alive, you're like, oh, okay, they're they're okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, see, there's like a definite, that's something I would put label evil. It's like people that were uh, um, participating in witch hunts, but in their yeah. heart of hearts, they knew that they don't even believe in witches. They just love, they just were having a time of their life getting swept up in the mania. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, 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 that's why the, the skeptic, like, this is a bad concept because you apply this concept to somebody and then you're going to end up doing really bad things to them. And isn't that what you're trying to yeah. prevent in the first place? <laughs> By labeling someone evil, you are the one doing evil, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah, so those are three. Here's a fourth one. This is a fun one. This one isn't really, I don't really take this one very seriously. This is from Nietzsche. Nietzsche was a big evil oh. skeptic. Okay. So listen to this argument, right? So Nietzsche basically thought evil is a concept that has been made up by weak loser beta males to stop the strong, powerful alpha males from taking over and running things to the full potential. Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was Nietzsche just the swole dude or what? No, he was like a sickly, sickly guy. He's always getting sick. <laughs> <laughs> that is a weird take on the whole concept, I gotta say. Yeah. I just want to include it because it's I hilarious. would almost say that's a niche <laughs> market he's going after. Niche. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Very niche thinker. Is his name in that word? Niche and Nietzsche aren't related, are they? No. They sound similar. Okay. But no, not related. Never mind. It's a niche market. A niche market. It's a niche, <laughs> a niche market. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> but um, get going. Get the, get the hell out of here. Yeah. Okay. So those are the skeptics. So let's see. What do the revivalists say in reply? Let's see if the revivalists can meet the challenge of the skeptics. Okay. So, um, so like they might just say some people might just believe in the devil, and then okay, there's evil, obviously, but we'll just skip that one because it's kind of hard to prove. Um, but uh, so they might say evil. You don't need a real supernatural entities to have evil. So evil is helpful to explain things that are off the charts 
in terms of being bad. Right? So yeah. imagine there's like a chart. And on the, on the x-axis, we have certain people, actions, character traits, events. And then on the y-axis, we have it going from bad to very bad to very, very bad to very, 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 very bad. And, and so on all the way up. And now we have to… Evil would be near the top. Well, actually what they would say is that, like, say we want to put, uh, we want to put the Holocaust on this chart. Yeah. They would yeah. say it doesn't, there's no amount of varies you can put in front of bad to do justice to the Holocaust. So the Holocaust wouldn't right. fit on this chart no matter how high the access of very bad went. So we need a whole new okay, chart. So- um, basically, okay. the idea. Uh, so evil is… Um, we need a new chart that has evil on the y-axis because it's just mm-hmm. totally it's it's a beyond it's beyond just very very bad. Um, so that's basically the idea. And they would say that evil is actually a useful concept because the more that we understand it, the more we can prevent future evil and help people to live good lives. Yeah. Do we need the term evil to describe something that's really 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 bad though? <laughs> Yeah, um, I that's where I kind of get off the train. But um, mm-hmm. but let's see what they have to say because the they train. do. Did the, you really just say that? What? What's, what's wrong with that? <laughs> oh, we're talking about the Holocaust. Oh, <laughs> damn! <laughs> well played. Sorry, guys. <laughs> that's where I thought it was a peculiar, <laughs> peculiar choice of words. Is all. Peculiar, yeah, that's where I leave the gas chamber. Um, yeah, I say we just swap. We swap. We swip the. We swap. We switch the word evil, and we just we just sub in peculiar. peculiar. <laughs> Misunderstood. <laughs> what a peculiar event the Holocaust was, yeah. right? No, that doesn't work. Okay, so if we're gonna understand, well, okay, so what do the evil revivalists say about evil itself? Because they have to try and define it. So there are a mm-hmm. bunch of different. Uh, ways that you can define evil. One of the coolest ones, probably the least likely to be true, but one of the coolest is called Manichaean dualism. Manichaean dualism. Yeah. And so basically, according to this, evil is an eternal fundamental principle of the universe and it is opposed to good, which is also an equally eternal fundamental principle of the universe. So just like... you Yeah, like... to to believe that evil is a legit term, then you have to agree that good is a legit and useful term, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you can't really have one without the other. So mm-hmm. the idea is that these are two eternal equal principles, and they're off. And in this sort of idea, these are like they're entities, like beings. Like there's a an entity that is good, and there's like an entity that is evil. So it helps to think right. of like. Uh, like, for example, in George R. R. Martin's Song of Ice and Fire, you have the Lord of Light, who is locked in eternal yeah. struggle with the Lord of Night or something. The darkness or whatever. Right. Um, the night is dark and full of terrors. Exactly. And uh, that's how I, my night has been dark and full of one particular terror. <laughs> so I can relate to those guys. Yeah. Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> Thomas the Terror Boy. <laughs> Right, so in this uh, in this idea, these these beings are equally powerful. The force of good cannot prevent the force of evil from doing evil things, and vice versa. And in this world, the earth okay. is the battleground between the force of evil and the force of good. So, why do we do? Well, that's what I believe for a portion of my life. Oh man, this is like this is going to sound really familiar. Um, so basically, uh-huh. what's happened on Earth is that the forces of evil have trapped the forces of good in the substance called matter. Now, physical matter is... This is kind of cool. Yeah, so matter is evil, but our souls are good. And they're trapped in this evil Mm. matter. It's a prison. Their body's a prison. Ooh. Only by obeying the teachings. I thought the body was a temple. Uh, Well, if you treat it... Well, I don't know. I think you're supposed to treat it like one. If you treat it like one, then you can escape Ah. into heaven. But uh, why would I treat such an evil thing with respect and love? That just doesn't make any sense. But okay, <laughs> I don't know. Talk to take it up with. If, if matter's yeah. evil, then do, what is dark matter? Is that super evil? Dark matter is still matter. Um, okay. Yeah. 
basically anything physical is, is matter. So even antimatter is right. still physical, still physical substance. And it's all evil. Yeah, it's all According evil. to these guys, it's all, all evil. All evil. Okay. Yep. Um, but your soul, which is not matter, is good. And so if you follow the teachings of the forces of good, when, you, when your, your physical body eventually will die and then your soul can escape. But if you don't follow the mm. teachings of good, then your soul will succumb to the evil of your bodily prison and you'll be corrupted. Ooh, I've never even heard, I've never heard of that before, but that is, uh, I, I like that. It's a neat twist on an old classic, I feel like. <laughs> it is a very old classic. There's a very old religion called Zoroastrianism, which is the, a big inspiration for George R. R. Martin. And in that religion, there's, really? yeah, in that religion, there's a, a god of light and a god of dark, and they are locked in an eternal struggle. Um, huh. mm-hmm. I like very it. old religion Let's from do it. Persia. Yeah. Um, but anyway, should we start a church of it here? Do they have Astra? churches? I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, probably still somewhere. Yeah, I guarantee. I'm sure there's one in Kelowna in some some neckbeard's basement <laughs> happening right now. <laughs> the, yeah, the church of Zoroaster. Yeah. Um. Okay, so that that's like is a cool theory. Very cool. It's served as the basis for lots of like fantasy literature, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's, it seems difficult to prove that that is real. Well, <laughs> yeah, it would be. Yeah, so it would explain everything if you could prove it, but it's very difficult to prove that that's true. So we need like a secular secular theories. Um, so there's a good one. There's an interesting one from Immanuel Kant. So we haven't done an episode on him yet, but um, I think most people have heard that name before. Yeah, he's a pretty big deal in philosophy. You can do, mm-hmm. you can devote your entire philosophical career to studying Immanuel Kant, and you probably won't get anywhere. <laughs> mm. Do they call those people that do that Kant cunts? <laughs> uh, they call them Kantians. Kantians, yeah. okay. <laughs> the preferred term. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. It's okay. Um, okay, so Kant. Uh, so for Kant's theory of evil, we have to understand four sort of principles. First is that there are moral laws. So for example, mm-hmm. you should tell the truth. You should not murder. These are laws, moral laws. Mm-hmm. But we are free. We have a free will. That's debatable. Very debatable. But, but we just have to, we have to take it. Yeah. Um, okay. He thinks we have I'm going to take it. I would, if it came down, gun to my head, I say that free, we do have free will as far as it matters. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. So number three, we are inclined to do good. And by that, I mean, we are inclined to obey moral laws because they are morally good. So for example, telling the truth, we want to tell, we are inclined to tell the truth because it is the right thing to do, not because it is mm-hmm. in our or another's best selfish interest. Right. And by inclined, do you mean that naturally we, we tend to abide by these moral laws? Like, it's more natural for people to uh, abide by, you know, not murdering and telling the truth. That's, that's going to be something, an easier... That, that'll be most people's natural thing to do without even having to think about it, right? Is to not kill and not lie, right? Mm, well, not, not according to Kant. Um, oh, okay. Because his fourth one sort of ties it all together. His fourth one is that we are also inclined to do evil. We are inclined to disobey moral laws in favor of our self-interest. Mm-hmm. For example, telling the truth right. because we want to improve our reputation or lying because it will enrich us. So we have a uh, we have a dual nature, according to Kant. We we cannot extinguish either aspect of our nature: the inclination to do good and the inclination to do evil. We just have these within us. Everyone has the capacity to do incredibly evil things given the right circumstances, but they also have the capacity to mm-hmm. do very good things. So we have this conflict mm-hmm. within us, right? So. I'd yeah. say I probably sit, I probably am at like a net. <laughs> I remain mostly at a net zero, but I don't feel like I do much evil or much. Well, good, then, so. then you're like a perfect Buddhist, <laughs> just, really. 
Oh, okay, you perfect. Should. I didn't know. I didn't. I did not know. I was such a good Buddhist. Yeah, the Buddhists are like you shouldn't be too good and you shouldn't be too bad. You should be in the middle. Well, I, I I honestly feel like I am pretty much in the middle. Nice. Like, I, right? I'm not helping. I'm not hurting. I'm kind of just taking up space. Like, yeah, in oxygen. that's perfect, man. Next step, Nirvana. <laughs> You're almost there. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm practically enlightened over here. <laughs> Doing nothing all day. Surprisingly, that is what monk, Buddhist monks mostly do is nothing. They just meditate. So the, yeah. That's true. Um That's true. anyway, uh yeah, so wow, good good job, Jordan. Um Thanks. <laughs> okay, so how does Kant define evil? Well, this is where it gets controversial. Lots of people um get off the boat. At this point, um, evil means prioritizing your self-interest over the moral law. So, in other words, you you mm. do some, you you are an evil thing. You're doing evil things if you do something, if and only if it is in your personal best interest to do so. Right. So he considers that to be evil yeah. is. Is ignoring moral law to further your own interests. Yeah, like the like your own basically your only motivation for action is will this further my personal mm. best interests, and you don't consider anything else. So he's kind of that's kind of like someone isn't evil inherently, but they might choose to do to do evil stuff. Yeah, like a majority. Yeah, of the time. he'll think. Well, he has like this idea where you have like different stages um, of evil. Um, like basically the first stage of being evil is you're frail, where you, you want to do the right thing for the right reason, but you just don't mm-hmm. have the strength to go through with it and you end up doing it for partly the wrong reason. And then, and then the next stage is that you, you, um, you're doing the right thing, but you're partly doing it for the wrong reason. So you're telling the truth, but part of your consideration for telling the truth is that you know it'll it'll make you look good or something like that. And then right right right. And then right. finally you're fully evil. That brings to mind uh you ever see there's these videos on like TikTok and YouTube of people that film themselves giving a meal to a homeless person or like giving like a hundred bucks to a random homeless mm. person. That's like they're, but they're filming themselves and then posting it online. Cause that to me, yes, they're doing good, but they're doing it for the wrong reasons, right? right? They're doing it for their own vanity. Yeah. So it would depend for Kent, it would depend on their gut, motivation. It gives me a gut reaction. Yeah. So for Kent, yeah. if they are, if when they, they film themselves feeding the homeless, if they're doing it, from sort of like mixed mixed motives where they're considering that it's the right thing to do, mm-hmm. but they're also considering like, hey, you know, it's the right thing to do, but hey, I'm going to get, you know, lots of views for this. Then that's like, it's not yeah. totally evil. It's not totally, but it's not good either. But if if they yeah. do it, be, if they're doing it and it's, they're not thinking at all, like, oh, um, this is the right thing to do. If they're only thinking like, holy shit, I can get so much money if I make this cheap video, then that's, that's evil according yeah. to Kant. It's almost like you need a third category, right? There's good, there's evil, and then there's greasy. <laughs> and that to me is greasy. <laughs> greasy. Right? Yeah, that's very greasy. Greasy is the middleman. <laughs> Most people live in that that greasy middle ground. Mm. <laughs> but to me, when I see people doing that, it just I just get greasy feelings all <laughs> over. They're a greasy bastard. Yeah, I like that. Very, very greasy. Um, mm-hmm. theory of Greece. Interestingly, the theory of Greece. <laughs> oh, ancient Greece! Holy shit! Um, <laughs> the theory of Greece by Jordan Strauss. <laughs> All right, the pitmaster. All right. Um, so Kant thinks this is interesting because this sort of goes back to something we were talking about at the beginning. Kant thinks it is impossible mm-hmm. for human beings to do things simply for the reason that they are wrong. So okay, sorry. Say that again. I think I I I did not hear you. Okay, that. so um, there's this guy once named Saint Augustine, and he said that one day mm-hmm. he stole some pears just because he wanted to do something yeah. wrong. 
Ah. Kant says that that is impossible, that he must have had some other motivation. Kant thinks you cannot do something just because it's wrong. The only time I ever did stuff like that was when I was young, like stealing. I stole an apple from an orchard. And I didn't even, I'm not even like a big, I don't even like <laughs> apples that much, right? I did it for the rush. Ooh. I used to trespass. I didn't trespass because I knew it was bad. I knew I did it for the rush I got mm-hmm. from it. So it wasn't, it wasn't for no reason. There was a reason. Yeah. But it wasn't simply to do bad. It was to feel the rush of doing something you're not right. supposed to. Trespassing was really a big one for me when I was, you know, probably like teenage years. If I could get into a building I wasn't supposed to do. I would never steal mm-hmm. anything. I want to make that oh, clear. Yeah. I did not steal anything from any of these places. But I loved knowing I was somewhere I wasn't mm-hmm. supposed to be. Yeah. And I don't know if that was... I wouldn't say I was doing it because I knew it was wrong. Well, maybe I was. The rush of doing something I knew was wrong. Yeah, but absent know, the maybe. rush, right? It would still be wrong. But suppose like you did something like that, but it gave you no rush whatsoever. It was just wrong. Would you still have... Would you still do uh, I don't think I don't think there would be any... Yeah, there's no motivation yeah. to do that. Yeah, so... So Kant thinks that people, they don't do things just because like, oh, this is wrong. So I'm going to do it because it's wrong. He mm-hmm. thinks that that doesn't happen. So where does the bad girl club fit into all this? Because I feel like <laughs> they do do that. You know what I mean? The bad girls club? If you guys haven't seen <laughs> the bad girls club, it's excellent television. Uh, a, real, uh, a real window into the human condition. Yeah. Oh, dude. There's grease all over those people. <laughs> The greasiest of people. Oh my God. You can see it glistening. Dude. <laughs> that actually, some of them might, some of the people on that show might actually have more evil than him, in them than I've ever encountered in real life. Mm-hmm. Just, they're just, they're just really dumb. So they don't know how to harness it in any way that mm. means anything. And luckily, most of it is unleashed on each yeah, other. Thank God. Imagine what they would do with like nuclear weapons. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my god! As soon as soon as one of them decided to stay home, and all them all uh, the rest of them went to the club, they would <laughs> the people would decide to Just use the launch. nuke on the person that stayed home. Yeah. <laughs> that was the absolute worst I thing don't you give could do fuck. for yourself on that show. <laughs> I don't give. I run LA, bitch. <laughs> what? Oh, goodness. How do you run LA? Yeah. You're 19 years old. You haven't had a job yet. Uh, yeah, yeah. They pretty much. From Kant's formulation, they would seem to do things solely for their own self-interest. So yeah, they would all be very evil. Um, yeah. Okay, so so that's that's Kant. People don't like for some reason. People uh, they don't they don't like Kant's because basically um, you could someone might be like a philanthropist, right? Like Bill Gates gives tons mm-hmm. of money to charity organizations. But maybe he's only doing it so that people don't hate him because he's a billionaire or because he feels guilty. Maybe he, he doesn't really care at all about doing the right thing. He's just doing it for his image. Well, it's pretty clear to me that he wanted to uh, give vaccines to everyone and control their <laughs> minds. And so he did all this philanthropy, <laughs> philanthropy so that people wouldn't, wouldn't see him coming. But we caught him, dude. We fucking caught him dead, dead to rights. Here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bill Gates. He wants your brain <laughs> to do, I don't know what he's he trying to build a supercomputer out of human beings. And the vac- the vaccine oh, is going to link our brains together awesome. somehow via 5G exactly. networks. <laughs> ah, ah, I feel bad for calling all those people morons. Hey, hey that's it's okay. So they'll forgive you. <laughs> makes, makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, right. So, uh, yeah, so basically people, they don't like it because you could be this philanthropist who gives all these money to all these organizations, but you'd, but all this help that you're doing, you'd still be evil because your, your motivations aren't right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's why it pisses me off when a lot of religious people seem to be doing good purely to get the heaven brownie points, mm-hmm. right? Because how many people have you met that are such, like, they're just, 
as soon as you meet them, you know that they're a self-righteous douchebag, but they're but they're out there feeding the poor and, and giving away money and stuff, mm-hmm. right? But you know you know them and you know they're not a good yeah. person. But they're doing it because they believe that it'll make them uh, have favor in God's eyes, which is really not a self with a selfless no, act it's very at all selfish. when you are doing it yeah. for brownie points. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why when people that are atheists do stuff out of the kindness of their own heart and don't post it on their fucking <laughs> Instagram page, those are the people that are really doing something yeah. selfless. Yeah. So it's um it's a it's a it's a good theory. I, I really I really like it. Um it basically means that you could be you could be an evil person even if you spend a lot of time helping people if your your motivations aren't right. So it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, let's look at uh, let's look at these are we can maybe we have time for look at a couple more modern theories before we get to our listener email bag. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, one of them. So you don't really need a bag; just a maybe single a envelope will do. But yeah, we should give him some time. He's our first real email. We should we should give him a good time slot to flesh out what he's okay. Asking. So let's um cover another one real quick here. Uh, so this is one that's interesting. Um, so here's uh, this is supposed to be a necessary condition for something to be evil. So evil action requires evil requires you to cause or allow significant harm to at least one person. So I'll say that again: evil requires you to cause or allow. Significant okay. harm to at least one person. Ah. At first, I thought you said pause. I was like, okay, <laughs> that's weird, but <laughs> okay. So, cause or allow significant. Right. So, if harm? you don't cause or allow significant harm, then it's not evil. That's the idea. Oh, okay. But what if it's indirect? Mm. Yeah, there's a, a very good objection to this. Like, you, like, yeah, so like I'm just the first thing that that pops into mind is most of us are not doing nearly what we could be doing to reduce uh, pollution mm. or pop world, harm to the world planet, hunger, poverty, poverty, something like that. Yeah. yeah, there's so many things that are like we could actively be trying to reduce mm-hmm. the harm. So we are kind of. Allowing it, and mm-hmm. that's it. Okay, imagine this. Imagine this, right? You have a, a sadistic... Mm-hmm. This is from a guy named uh, Dan Habron. He thought of this. So imagine a sadistic quadriplegic, right? You're sadistic quadriplegic. Wow. You take... That is... <laughs> your favorite thing to do is, is just watch people suffering. That's your favorite thing to do. So this okay. sadistic yeah, quadriplegic yeah. that is a, a lot of we come up with some good metal band names on the show I find. <laughs> yeah. So you're sad, sad quad. <laughs> so you're this you're this sadistic quadriplegic and you're in the hospital and you're you just love listening to people in agony. Your favorite thing to watch on TV or documentaries yeah. about like children starving to death. Like, can you wheel me into the ER yeah, room, wanna, please? And uh, hold the uh, anesthesia. He's, he's got a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um your 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 power your like you love your favorite documentary, you love to watch live news footage of like children starving in famines. You can't he can't do anything to stop the starvation, nor did he cause it, but nothing gives him greater pleasure than mm-hmm. just watching people suffering. So the the sadistic quadriplegic seems yeah. like an evil being, and yet he doesn't cause sad, sad quad. quad. He seems like an evil guy, but he doesn't cause or allow any suffering to occur. But if he could, he would. <laughs> so he's like, he's all potential evil and then actually potential being evil. executed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, everybody is a, a sad quad in their own mm. little way, right? Like, how many times have you wanted to punch someone in the face, but you don't? Mm. Good point. Yeah. Right? Very good point. How many times have you, like, seen a bunch of anti-maskers uh, protesting on the side of the road and you just want to kind of fuck <laughs> Hit him with your vehicle, run over a few hundred, pop it back oh, on yeah. there, going on about oh. your day. 
these thoughts flash through your mind, but you don't act on them because you know, well, I guess the difference is, is that if you actually did that in real life, most people would have huge amounts of regret <laughs> after feeding into that. Yeah. Whereas this, the sad quad no, no, might he not. Would not. He would be very pleased. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's, uh, so the sad quad is basically, I think, defeats that whole idea that evil requires you to like take, to have a, like a cause or allow harm. Like you don't have to do that at all. Yeah. Um, it is evil, but it's contained. It doesn't affect mm-hmm. anyone. So yeah. it's like I said, it's latent. It's just latent potential, potential evil. evil, but it's not actually yeah. potential evil. Okay. Here, so here, maybe this is the what time is it? Okay. So this is the last one. And then we can do the listener question. Um, so this is a, uh, an idea that evil, sorry, so, so sometimes people think evil requires like a certain kind of motivation, like malice, but there's another theory that think evil mm-hmm. occurs if you lack the right sort of motivation. So for example, uh, there's a famous philosopher, Peter Singer, and he has a, a thought experiment where you are walking beside a swimming pool and you see a child is drowning in the pool. Most people would have a strong motivation to jump into the pool to save the child, even if it meant getting their, even if it meant getting mm-hmm. their clothes wet. The fact that their clothes would get wet wouldn't even yeah. be a factor in their decision-making process. Yeah, but, 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 but what if you have your new iPhone in your pocket? Then it's kind of justified <laughs> yeah. to not jump in, right? On the other, yeah, exactly. On the other <laughs> hand, an evil person would consider that their clothes would get wet or like that their iPhone would get damaged. And this consideration would mm-hmm. be decisive and they wouldn't jump into the pool to save the child. Yeah. So it's the absence of the motivation to save the child that makes them evil. All they, all they, all they want to do is like, yeah. keep their clothes dry and get their iPhone ruined. Mm-hmm. See, now the interesting thing would be <laughs> having a suit with a thousand pockets on it and every, you start filling up each pocket with a new iPhone <laughs> and how many pockets... <laughs> Of iPhones, would it take to make a certain percentage of the population not jump? Oh my god, that's hilarious! <laughs> Just keep, keep. Okay, but what if you had fifty iPhones? <laughs> that's funny. With all the best cases, all the best accessories, we're talking rose gold. Oh my god! <laughs> not to mention this jacket with a thousand pockets is worth oh, yeah, billions of dollars jacket. already. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bespoke it's mink. mink. Corona-free mink. Each, each mink had... <laughs> each mink... Yeah, corona. COVID-free mink. Each mink had gold teeth. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Because I've seen... I've had encounters where people will... They would... They're just so selfish. But they mm-hmm. don't realize it. So it's like... In that scenario, it's like, oh, I don't want my clothes to get wet, right? So I'm not going to save the baby. <laughs> I love how it's a Cockney British guy. <laughs> <laughs> that is how I actually a great marker for true evils. If that. Oh yeah, you got to watch. <laughs> All right, so right, walking by the pool, right, a little baby in there, he's drowning, he's drowning. I'm about to jump in. I realize, wait, my fucking knickers are going to get all wet, so I don't do it. Get home all dry. Win win. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to get wet. The baby, he doesn't have to cry anymore because he's dead and we all get on with our wives. That is the voice yeah. of pure evil. Well, Sam, is there anything else you want to say before you um, end the email? Nope, I think that's good. I think we covered it all. Well, we didn't cover everything I had written down, but that's okay. Okay, here we go. Our first ever listener email that was actually a question. We had one from my brother that just said Merry Christmas and it really uh, really <laughs> ruined my day, honestly, because I thought we had an actual email. Um, here we go. Um, I don't know if we should uh, read You can just say their names, first name and where but, they're from. Uh, this is Mike C from Kelowna, oh BC. Uh, and it reads, Merry Christmas, TPS, from a day one <laughs> listener. The people have been talking and the word is out that the collective wisdom of TPS is needed to help resolve a global crisis. (laughs) Wow, that's uh, true, actually. 
the past year, a once in a century plague has ravaged the earth. However, luckily, a member, a number of vaccines have been developed, but they are in limited supply. This has led to two main issues of equitable distribution. International distribution and national distribution. Okay, here we go. We're getting into some nitty-gritty. I don't think we left enough time <laughs> to answer this. First, are rich countries more deserving to receive a larger amount of the limited supply of vaccines? After all, it was their money investing in vaccine research and development that spurred such a rapid vaccine development. In a world where it was decided the vaccines would be distributed to each nation based on population, would there be motivation for rich countries to invest their resources in research and development? Second, within each country, who should receive the vaccine first? A 65-year-old teacher who is relatively low risk to die, but whose job requires them to be around children who do not engage in proper mask wearing, distancing, etc. Or an 80-year-old in a long-term care home who is high risk but can remain relatively isolated? What about a young person with respiratory issues who would be at moderate risk compared to an 85-year-old who is at high risk? These are questions of geopolitics and national health care that nations across the globe are struggling with and arriving at different conclusions. The world needs an answer <laughs> once and for all. Can TPS answer these questions definitively so that all nations may finally get on the same page and coordinate vaccine distribution and administration in a way that unquestionably is the most equitable? Also, as a random aside, a couple of episodes ago, the podcast was about population <laughs> control. Signed, only Legrande. Legrande, we really hope you keep writing in with that mysterious alias. Ignore what I said about Le your first Grande. name earlier. So, what do you think, Sam? What what is the the the, the morally ethical way to distribute this this new vaccine? Who gets it first? And let's answer this first question. Uh, Rich countries, should they be mm. more deserving to receive a larger amount of the supply since it was their money and their recent development that spurred such rapid vaccine mm -hmm. development? Wow, that's a fantastic question. And should it be distributed? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Oh, well, that's we a hard definitely one. can't <laughs> answer all of those questions in our last 10 minutes. So that'll actually be a good question to drive the next episode. But. As for the first question. Yeah, okay. Why don't you take that oh. one? That one, you want to do that first question? Save well, we can for touch on it a little bit now because we have 10 minutes. Um, and it actually relates to something we just talked about. So okay. the, uh, that Peter Singer thought experiment that I just mentioned about the, you're walking by the pool and you see the kid drowning. The, right? Ah, so the, yeah, the yeah, point yeah. of that thought experiment is that so imagine that like it's slightly different and that you're you're walking by the pool and you see the kid and he needs a covid vaccine and you have one right so imagine that you are like yeah. a uh, you're a Pfizer or something and you're walking by the pool and you see this kid sitting there and you have a coronavirus vaccine and you could give it to the kid and it wouldn't wouldn't cost you very much Mm -hmm. To do so, because you're Pfizer. Yeah, it would be like it would yeah. seem like okay, maybe it's not not that hard to just give the kid the vaccine because he's right there, so you just give it to him. Mm -hmm. But then suppose that that kid was three thousand miles away. Yeah, is there any moral difference in your responsibility to help them if they're close to you or if they're far away from you? No, there isn't really, but your abilities to help might change. That's true, but and yeah, in this case, you're, you're kind of like though, this, so you can you can go anywhere. Yeah, but I think the problem here is the limited amount of vaccines, and who needs it most mm -hmm. at what? Yeah, point. so this is it's basically a triage. Think about question. this: say you're in a room, so it's like a, it's like a hospital. Okay, go what ahead. if you're in a room? You're in a room that is filling up with water, but the room is, say it's like a really, uh, there's a, the floor is inclined. So you're standing at the top of the incline and someone is down at the bottom and the room is filling up with water. There's one oxygen tank available. Now the person standing at the low end is going to be submerged in water quicker. And, but you have no idea if you will eventually be also submerged in water. 
Do you give it to the guy who needs it first in the hope that there will be one available to you when the water gets above your head? Or do you keep it just in case the water gets above your head before a second oxygen tank is available? Uh, okay, well, we would need more. It's, it's one of those questions where it's basically like, it's like a hospital beds question where you like, you have so many people, but you only have so many beds available. So who gets the bed? And so you need a, like a criteria for choosing mm-hmm. who gets beds, who doesn't get beds. So, so there's right. one, one criteria is who is most like, who can, who do you think you can save? So basically you prioritize right. the people that it is possible to save. And they get, they're the first batch that gets through. Then mm. from that batch, you look at who has, who has the most likely chance from that batch of survival. But my, I think Mike's question is basically like, right. the rich countries developed it. So is it, would it be wrong for the rich countries who developed the vaccine and spent all the money on it to give the vaccine to poorer countries first? rather than giving it to their own citizens. True. And I guess the point, like, the thing is, is like, is it going to be easier for the people in rich countries to survive longer without Mm. the vaccine than it would be for the people in poor countries? Which is kind of what I was trying to touch on with. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like, it's like on the plane. When when you're on the plane, they tell you, put your own mask on first before you help anybody else. Yeah. See, there you go. There's the other argument. Like, would it be better to get everybody vaccinated quickly and safely in the rich countries so that it'll be easier to go into the more uh, the impoverished countries that are where and be able to distribute the vaccine in a more effective way because they're not you're no longer focused on your own country's well-being. Yeah. So, I, I think that the raw it's not the right way to look at it to say like. We get it first because we paid for it. I think the better way to look at it is to say that. No. We, yeah, it's a, a bad reason. reason. The right reason to do is to say you vaccinate the people first who you need to help other people. So you save the people who you need mm-hmm. to stay alive so that they can save further people. Which I think is why healthcare workers are getting it yeah. first and foremost. Yeah. For the most part, right? See, that's a smart move. Save the people. Well, first of all, you should give it to the people developing the vaccines and distributing them. Because if they die, they die then, you know. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. Then it's there you go. game over. I don't know how to drive a car. <laughs> well, to like realistically, I think that it should be, uh, I mean, don't quote me on this because I haven't heard all the arguments, but my first instinct would to be First off, give it to the healthcare workers, people that are coming in contact mm-hmm. with the virus the most. And the people that you need to essentially, you need to be healthy to facilitate the distribution and production of the vaccine. I think those need to be mm-hmm. the first. Second would be, then you go high, you, then you just go in order to, to uh, health risk, the most at risk and work your way down. So people young and healthy Ish, such as ourselves, would probably mm-hmm. be near the end of oh, the yeah. line here, yeah. as far as receiving the vaccine, which mm-hmm. I'm completely fine yeah. with. Right? I really don't want to get the coronavirus, but it's by no means no. a death sentence for me. There's a small, small chance it could have lasting effects on me, but for the most part, I think that I would be able to resume my life as normal mm-hmm. after I recovered from it. So... You want to get it to the people that are uh, most likely to be killed by it. I think, yeah. But that, but as far as like getting it to all the first world countries first, and then all the impoverished countries, I don't know. That's kind of a that's a bit of conundrum, the grande that you've thrown away. Yeah. So here's like another aspect to that. I think like suppose. You have a, a country like, say, like Nigeria or like Brazil or something that has a lot of cases, but maybe they, and they also have very high populations, and maybe they can't afford to pay upfront for all the vaccines that they're going to need to inoculate the population. Mm. Should the drug company be obligated yeah. 
to donate the vaccines or give them the vaccines on some sort of payment plan down the line. That's, that's also interesting. It would be really sadistic. It would be pretty sadistic of a company to withhold the vaccines because of a country's inability oh, yeah. to The things it. drug companies do in poor countries would make your blood run cold. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's, they, that's already there, happening. There have been cases the where they have but, had, like, uh, they've been testing a drug, and it's, it's like a drug that saves babies from dying, basically, from like suffocating. And mm-hmm. they will have the drug available in the hospital, save the babies, but they won't let the doctors use it because those babies are part of the control group. Oh my God, that is disgusting. They just let, and they, yeah, they, they, they do stuff like that. Yeah. So. <laughs> that, I'm sure that that happens all the time, but like now we have this thing that everybody's watching all at once. So I think it would be a little bit harder to do that on a big scale and not have a massive yeah. amount of outrage. But we'll yeah, see. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Hopefully they can just develop a shit ton of this vaccine and, uh, I don't know, loan it to Nigeria. (laughs) Like, you got to be, you got to give it to them first and figure out how to pay it later. Well, yeah, this this would be a great, this would be a great topic for uh, the next episode. But he did, at the very end of his email, he did drop this little thing about population control Mm. that we didn't consider. Yeah, that's another thing. Should everybody get the vaccine? How about if everybody went through, the government went through your Facebook history <laughs> and <laughs> found how many, of you, how many of your posts were anti-vaccination, anti-mask, and then that each post you made bumps you 10 more spots down the line. I like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's a good way to wrap up the episode. Thank you, Lagrande, for uh, contributing to the- Yeah, great question. To the TPS podcast. Great questions. We need a whole episode to deal with that. Yeah. Again, you can send us an email at uh, TPS Podcast. Hang on. I got to make sure I got <laughs> the right email address. Uh, you can email us at TPS Podcast 420 at Gmail. Uh, Legrande, we hope to hear from you again. Uh, and uh, anyone else who's listening, thank you for uh, listening. And we'll see you again next week. Adios from the Kraken. Happy New Year from the dead raccoon. Bye. Bye.